Hello and welcome to the 26th episode of When I Was Your Age. I'm your host, Roland Parker, coming from a delightful NFL postseason. And as always, it is a joy, pleasure, and a treat to have you here. Today's guest is one of my oldest and best friends, Slay James. I'm really excited to talk with him about his journey and um, how much that that means to me personally. Um, before I bring him into the stream, we're going to talk housekeeping first. So make sure that you follow the Instagram at WIWYAPod. We are currently at 1,133 followers, which means so much for all the support that you guys show each week. If you're listening for the first time, consider giving us a follow. And you can do that in these places, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and YouTube. You can find the links to all of those places on the link tree in the Instagram bio. And without further ado, we'll go ahead and bring Slay into the stream. Slay, how are we doing? What's doing up with you? Doing good, man? doing good. Nothing much. Just taking it easy on my first of two days off before I go back into work on Wednesday. Nice. Love it. So, okay. Tell me about your, your snow situation because everybody's situation has been like a little bit different, but I feel like you would have, you would have gotten some, some heavy coverage. Tell me about it, man. We got huge coverage. And, um, uh, so it started last Sunday and, um, uh, yeah, sun- last Sunday was one of my days off. So I went and saw my girlfriend, Taylor, uh, out where she is and Bell Buckle was like 20 minutes from here. And um, the snow started after and I was like, you know, I don't like, I remember the snowpocalypse of uh, 20, 2013. I'm not driving and her, her parents were gracious enough to let me crash on their couch. Um, and I ended up being stuck there for uh, uh, three nights, four days. Oh my gosh! Uh, I, I missed I missed one day of work because uh, I didn't want to get out on the roads. Um, but ever since uh, last Wednesday, it's just been sketchy, sketchy roads. Um, hasn't been too bad because um, all the main roads they they've been pretty good about keeping the main roads clear. Um, mm. But it, her her the road that she lives on, this windy back road. I was just like, that's the one that scares me the most. I don't want to go. Uh, uh ice skating in my uh nice car <laughs> yeah de- definitely definitely yeah it um it's it's so interesting now, like now to to talk with you know people from the south who you know we're not used to it we don't have the infrastructure it's, it's not something that we see all that often uh, i distinctly remember and like you mentioned with with the snowpocalypse just seeing the pileup of all of the cars on gateway that ginormous hill just like cars just like ping-ponging like back and forth like just hitting each other hitting mailboxes and just like coming to coming to a stop um (laughs) it was was so so brutal man i've never seen like anything like it like so many cars just like stranded like people getting out in like four wheelers to go pick up their <laughs> their their spouses in on like 459 and like 280 and stuff is just insane yeah i didn't even take my car home from school that um i didn't i left it in the parking spot at school for two days maybe i just was like you know what the high school is close enough i can just walk home 
Yeah, same, same. I, uh, I, I did the same. This is when I was driving the, the, the Taurus and uh, my dad, my dad let me like go down Morgan. Um, like after the snow, he's like, all right, like it should, it's good. They've like sanded and, and salted it. You still need to be really careful. I want you to have this experience. So I was like freaking out. Cause if, if you got going too fast, then you got that, that bridge and the, and the curve kind of around Western, um, now Publix, but oof, man, it was, it was cool, but it was, it was, it was nerve wracking, uh, to, to get that experience, especially yeah, in like, <laughs> um, yeah, no, nothing like too scary driving wise. Um, uh, the, the scariest experience was, um, I was leaving work early, early Saturday morning. Um, I had covered a shift for, um, a friend of mine. So, um, not only was I leaving on a day that I wasn't supposed to be there, um, I was leaving from a different place. We have two locations and, um, uh, I left, it was like 5.30 in the morning, and a um, couple minutes later, uh, my car starts doing something I've never have happened to me in a car before, is my engine started overheating, like the temperature gauge was like all the way red, I was like, uh, let's pull over. Yeah. Hope- I, I sent a shout out to um, my coworkers, and I was like, uh, anybody know of an auto shop nearby? It was, I mean, even, it was like still six in the morning, but um. I was lucky enough to have a coworker who's had uh, car issues. He came out and gave me some antifreeze, some coolant, and uh, was able to get me back on the road uh, with no more problems. And I haven't had a problem since. Yeah. Oh man, that's so. Yeah, that's nerve wracking. So like when when you feel like so stranded like that for for a car to go out in any. So like when it's when it's early and in extreme conditions, that's that's tough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hate to see it. Well, if you guys are not, then go ahead and make sure that you follow Slay on Instagram. You can keep up with him there. Um, but I think we're going to go ahead and get into some get to know you questions, get an idea of what Slay is all about. So let's dive into that. Slay, yeah, where, are you, where are you from and where do you currently live? I love answering this question because I can't decide. Sometimes I've decided to give the whole backstory and sometimes I don't just to keep it simple if I don't like plan on interacting with individuals um, very often, but uh, I'll go with the whole backstory. Uh, So I was adopted from Penza, Russia when I was a year old um, by my wonderful parents, Daisy and John. And um, I've, I've grown up in Birmingham, Alabama. I uh, went through high school there. Just Birmingham is home to me. And um, right now, I currently live in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I've uh, been made, been calling this place home uh, since about May of 2023. Nice. Well, love that. So, Mr. Worldwide ca- coming through with that. Um, so what do you do? So we'll, we'll touch on it briefly and then dive a little more. Uh, in depth uh, as we get further into the pod, but what do you do now? Right now, um, I work for a faith-based recovery program called S2L or uh, Spring to Life Ministries. Um, 
I guess my job title officially is recovery coach. Um, but yeah, it's a faith-based uh, addiction recovery um, uh, center uh, in uh, Woodbury, Tennessee. Um, our second location or our second phase, as we call it, is um, called the cabin. And that one's in McMinnville, about about 40-ish minutes from here, uh, from Murfreesboro. Nice. Love that. Uh, how old are you? How old am I? Man, I actually had to stop and think about this the other day. I actually See? brought up my calculator <laughs> and I was like, 2023 minus 1996. Okay. I'm 20, I'm 27. Yeah. Thanks. It's a, it's a, it, it's funny cause it, I've been at this point um, for quite a few episodes now where people, this seems to be about the age where we re- really struggle to like be sure about what age we actually are. Cause it's kind of in between some major, um, major birthdays, I guess. And it's just, it feels like a, I don't know, kind of an in-between zone. So yeah, I, I catch myself doing that all the time. Um, yeah, it's what not a, a nice old number. Not yeah, a nice exactly. Number. Yeah. 20, it's a, it's a prime number. So you so maybe maybe there's something to that, something psychologically we can't can't get through. I don't know. It's a, and like twenty twenty eight seems like way closer, even even by scale to like your thirties than than twenty seven. I know that it's like a whole year closer, but I don't know. Like it, it feels further along to thirty than just a year than twenty seven. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think my deal is um, just growing up counting wise, like um, seven always after six and both starting with the letter S is just like six, seven. And then just adding an age quality to it's just, wait a minute, am I 26, mm-hmm. am I 27? I, I do that when not a whole number. Yeah. I, when I, I do that when I'm like counting reps, like in the gym, I, I frequently get lost kind of like around like five through eight and I'll, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I, I'm like trying to use like effort as like my marker for, for how much I'm doing anyway. But I'm like, did I just do six twice? Where, where am I? It's, and it, exactly. it's, it's so, it's so funny to think about something as simple as counting. Like you, you lose track of, um, <laughs> like that. Um, what a uh, what piece of media are you currently enjoying? So book, podcast, music, TV. Uh, what's kind of your your go to at the moment? My go to or go tos at the moment right now. Uh, I got to give you some credit because I'm not a very big podcast person. I'm just I'm a get in the car, listen to music. Um, but ever since you've started this podcast, you've kind of, every time we've talked, it's just like, Hey, if you listen to my podcast, and I was like, yeah, you know me, I'm not a <laughs> podcast person. Um, but no, I'm actually on episode eight, um, uh, okay. when I was your age. And it's just, I've got, like I told you earlier, is, uh, I find myself looking forward to what, uh, each guest has to say and like what they're doing. And, um, so that's, that's big on what, uh, I'm currently, uh, enjoying as a as a listener and um uh other than that i'm going through uh, the good old young adult um book series that i think that you and i used to enjoy when we were 
uh, younger is uh, the inheritance cycle by oh, Christopher nice. Paolini. Yeah. yeah man. Um, uh, he really, uh, Christopher Paolini wrote the Aragon Elvis, uh, Brissinger. He's actually got a sci-fi series now. And, uh, just this past year, a couple months ago, he, um, released a whole brand new thick book, uh, just an extension into this beloved, um, fantasy world that um one i haven't read in like years like mm-hmm. decades um and it's just it i finished aragon like a couple of weeks ago and now i'm on eldest and it's just oh my goodness this i, I, I feel like i'm getting so much more out of it right um, yeah at this age um so i'm reading that and uh taylor and i we just we've we found ourselves um going through um the Big Bang Theory uh, on oh, HBO nice. Max. Um, it's funny because we were just on TikTok uh, the other day and uh, just a clip of Big Bang Theory was going on. And she's like, oh, now I want to watch that. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll see if I can find it on a streaming platform. And it was uh, been working through on it. HBO Max. And so but she's like watching it on her profile. I'm watching it on mine. She's like ahead of me at this point. Um, she's like in season three. I'm in season two. But yeah, it's... Um, that's a show that I've been getting into and it's so funny because I'm starting to see like little bits that, um, uh, shine through like each episode. Like for example, Wallowitz, the um, engineer, um, he's like, for some reason, whenever he's referencing his mother, he's like, my mother makes a mean brisket. And that's popped up in a couple episodes. I was like, huh. So seeing those like little things like come up in episodes further down the line, it's just like I'm starting to piece together a overarching like just a, a an overarching story in a world just that yeah um it's fun uh, to fun to catch on to yeah no doubt that was a that was a big one that we would uh, sit down and like watch like all together like as a family it was. It was that one, and we would watch The Walking Dead together. Uh, good one. And uh, they're, they're I, making too many of those now. Yeah, to, dude, I they lost me. Honestly, kind of probably like season like three or four. I just like not that it wasn't interesting. There, it, I just hit the gap like at like the right moment to like lose interest. Um, and it, it's at, like I loved it. Like the first like few seasons, like some of my favorite like TV like ever, but. It just kind of, I don't know, it just kind of fizzled out. I've done that before with, with other shows too. I've just like really enjoyed it. And then like for whatever reason, just like completely that lost interest. Yeah. And so I've been, um, I've been listening to the Red Rising series. So I got to shout out Kai He in his episode. He gave his, that was what he was doing is he got um, through, through Libby. He was like getting the audio books and, um, listening to them that way. So I just got the third book. I've been waiting for like several weeks for, for somebody to get up, give up like their, their hold in the library. Um, been working <laughs> through that and it's, it's really, it's really, really good. Um, but, but yeah, it's red rising series. Shout out to Libby. Don't use, uh, don't use Amazon. Use, uh, go, go, uh, use your, uh, your local library card. Uh, get the hookup that way. Um, 
what is a what's something that you consider a luxurious necessity? You said you've been listening to a few episodes, so you probably picked up on uh, so, some trends here and there. But what's what's something that you consider a luxurious necessity? Man, this one, along with the national anthem uh, question that you asked, these these two have been really thinking about. Um, I know your example is coffee, but I think Dr. Pepper is my luxurious necessity. I got to have my Dr. Pepper, even though I don't need it, but like, yeah, it's, it's nice your, and refreshing. Very it's cool. your elixir. <laughs> it's a, yeah, I feel, I, exactly. that's, something that, I that's something that I, I kind of always associate with, with you too, is just, I remember the, the fondness with which you held your Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Uh, I love it, and I love that you've you've stayed stayed true to that. So, get what uh, what how how many Dr. Peppers are we consuming a day? And do you think? Hmm. Let's see. When I go in, I usually take four 12 ounce cans with me to work. If I have a 24 pack in my refrigerator, I just got a new one today. Um, on a safe, I, I think a safe average would be at least five. Five a day, five Dr. Five Dr. Peppers a day. It's probably not oh my the best gosh. idea, but <laughs> five a day. I love it. <laughs> that that's awesome. Uh, is it? Uh, would you would you ever venture like outside of like the normal Dr. Pepper, like the Dr. Pepper cream soda or anything like that? There have been a couple times where I've felt frisky and was like you know what let's try this uh cherry flavor or this uh cream soda flavor there was this chocolate flavor um this limited edition chocolate flavor that i could never find but i really wanted to try it i haven't seen that um the thing that kind of gave me pause though was when they released the dr pepper zero sugar because i mean you got like coke zero uh, sprite zero all these zero sugar uh, options and when dr pepper's like hey we've got a zero sugar i was like Okay, but is it actually going to taste bad? Mm. And to my surprise, um, it actually tastes very, very similar to an actual yeah. Dr. Pepper. Yeah, I, t- I um the the diet Dr. Pepper I remember being pretty close to to like true to the to the real thing. Yeah, yeah. Now that doesn't mean I'll actually go out and buy Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar just uh but if somebody offered there you're like this will do for the moment yes exactly this will do i might secretly wish it was a regular dr pepper but sure. i'm i'm always grateful to receive a good old dp gotcha so five so you're bringing in four but you're averaging five to to well, work so I, take, t- I take four and most of the time i'll usually end up drinking one of those on the in the car on the way there and um if I space them out um, right, I'll usually have one in the car and then just two uh, throughout my shift during the night. And um, um, I'll usually have one on the way back if I am not feeling too thirsty. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. It's a, so you know this question's coming now is – given the opportunity to replace the national anthem with any song on your playlist, what is it? And tell me a little bit about that. Mm. 
you said you were thinking about it. So I'm in, I'm interested to hear what your answer is going to be. Mm-hmm. The song that just comes to mind or hasn't come to mind. Um, it's just been like lingering there and like, I've thought about it and it's just, you know, I think, I think this one would do pretty well. I mean, I did at first think of um, Sweet Home Alabama by Leonard Skinner, but I wouldn't be true to myself if it wasn't a Imagine Dragons song. So um, I'd have to go with uh, Younger uh, off the, one of their latest albums. Um, it's just like this really cool song about how um, like, He's singing about how he wishes he uh, could do the things like he used to when he was younger. I mean, something that just we as people um, uh, just a desire, a desire for the past. And it's just such a really beautifully written song. And it's got one of the coolest um, guitar solos in the in the entire discography. Um, and I was just thinking if that was the national anthem that guitar solo would just get me really amped up for whatever sporting event I was uh, getting ready to, to watch. Mm, love it. <laughs> I love to, to see how it resonates with you. I can't wait to, to give it a listen. So if you want to hear that song and a handful of other songs selected by, by guests, we've got them compiled all in a playlist and it's, it's like, let me, let me look at the the title while it's in front of me of of the playlist. You can find the link in the link tree. Um, yeah, I've been wondering we, if you've been uh, putting them in a playlist so far. Yep. It's called W I W Y a, and then it's, uh, it's called raw. <laughs> so it's got like, <laughs> uh, like the, the call of the, the Eagle there. So you can go, you can go follow it. Um, but that Very is, cool. it's a, that is in the link tree is so that you can go find it and follow it on Spotify. It's a, I don't have an Apple music version. Uh, so sorry about that. Um, but you can at least look at look at the list there and come up with your own. All right. And last question before we kind of dive in a little further is how do we know each other? I have been trying to think about how we became friends and I can't um, I can't think of anything past um, Mrs. Pate's fourth and fifth grade class it's a, um, I'll, I'll go i'll go a little bit earlier if you if you can't do that so in second grade miss bickley that that was okay, when yeah. i re that was like one of the bigger moments that i kind of think of us as like really getting close and being friends because you taught me how to spell the word custodian <laughs> or no, no no you taught me how to pr- you taught me how to pronounce it and like we we had like reading parts and you like you could pronounce it and i was i was trying to do it and i was like you were like line 1 line 2 and i i was i was like uh, it's supposed to i was like supposed to like say it and she, you were like kind of graciously were like why don't i say do this grouping of lines and you do the other grouping of lines cuz i can say it and you and you kind of struggle with it and i was like kind of bummed but i was a little like relieved that that you did it. Um, that, that wow. sticks out to me. I do not remember that at all. <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's okay. I remember, I got it I remember Ms. Bakley's class, um, uh, especially because she, I think she was the teacher that um, read us the last of the really great Wang Doodles. And I just remember mm-hmm. loving that book. Yep. And she'd always do those voices, but man, 
I, I, I was so sure. I was like, you know what? I think it's fourth and fifth grade when we had Miss Payne. We That's looped a, that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Man, uh, second grade. Second second grade was when we had like a class together. Now it, as far as like us like knowing and meeting each other, I think would have been like Covenant, like like preschool probably. Yeah. It's a old no, covenant. It's a that's it right there. Um all right. Well, it's a thanks for for diving in with with all of that. Let's go a little further into your story. So you mentioned um kind of what you do with with S2L or Sprint Spring to Life. Um but what what I'd kind of like like to get a picture of is your journey with with alcohol and your relationship with it and kind of coming to an understanding of where you are. Um, so give me kind of a, a general, it's a general, general picture of what, what that was for you, you know, anything that you feel important, you know, feel free to highlight. Um, because, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a neat, um, thing for, for you to be able to share and important to, to hear. So take it away. All right. Um, yeah, just <clears throat> growing up, I mean, you and I know we both were raised with some very good parents. Our parents were very no nonsense, don't do the don't do this kind of thing. Like uh I remember like just feeling um or just wishing we could like do certain things like some of the the more popular kids um uh, were doing, especially like in high school and um I guess alcohol really entered the picture for me when I, when I went off to college, I went to Troy university and um, I remember because um, I rushed a fraternity and before even I had gone to school, they had like a rush um, event and um, it was a, just like a night party. And then the next day we, um, we, rafted well not rafted we tubed down uh, this the warrior river in Wetumpka and um even then I was just so I was terrified uh to touch alcohol because I knew I was going back to uh the parents that I have and um mm -hmm. it wasn't until I had left the nest and um really um really got to know uh what alcohol uh what it does and um it was just something that, hey, I, I really enjoy this and didn't think too much of it at the time. It was just, um, it was just something that we fraternity guys did. It was just, it was fun. It's fun to do while we we're hanging out, while partying. And uh, it was just something that I guess was a normal college thing to do, especially at a um, young uh, young up-and-coming university kind of like Troy. Troy was growing really really exponentially at that time um, but it really didn't um, pose much of a or I guess it didn't have as much of a hold as I had originally thought or it had a bigger hold on me than I thought but um, in 2017 uh, I had a DUI and that kind of just forced me to take a step back because, um, I mean, with a DUI comes with major, major consequences. And not only did I have one DUI, I got two DUIs. <laughs> um, 
in the span of one week, I got two DUIs and it had some major, major repercussions. It, um, uh, my parents told me I was coming out of school. I was going to work for a semester and, uh, through the next year of my life. Um, so from 2017, August, 2017 through like September of 2018, um, I was in this program where every single day I'd have to call a number. Um, and if my color was called, I'd have to go in for a, a drug screen. And if I failed a drug screen test, I was going to spend four months in jail. So, but apparently that did not scare me enough because I figured a way around the system. I was like, oh, I can drink on this day because if Monday's a holiday and if they test me on Tuesday, it'll be gone by the time I have a drink like on Friday or so. So I figured out a way around the system. And if that doesn't tell you the kind of hold that alcohol, especially on someone who can get so addicted to it, that's the kind of hold it can um, have on a person. And it was just this ball and chain that uh, dragged or dragged me down, slowed me down and just, um, ruined a whole bunch of things in my life like a bunch of relationships some really good relationships it, they were ruined by um my relationship with alcohol and um i've lost so many jobs um because of alcohol um and the biggest job i probably regret losing the most was um i worked for uh you know robert uh Luttrell, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I worked for his um, woodworking company. They were big, uh, big commercial woodworking company. We'd like install cabinets and um, a lot of wood, like just just woodwork stuff for um, commercial businesses. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I had, I'd worked a bunch of jobs um, working with my hands and uh, building stuff was really fun. And um, I thought I had it pretty stable. I was I was pretty pretty stable going. I uh, held that job for a good year, but um, just looking back, the ultimate reason why I lost it was because I was drinking every single night and um, drinking very heavily and like uh, very embarrassed and ashamed to look back on uh, the times where I just did not care. I did not care whatsoever, even when. I had coworkers coming up and telling me I smelled like a brewery, like in the in the shop. And um, the kind of the kind of work uh, that woodworking uh, calls for is just you got to be focused. You got to be all one hundred percent there and you just, be sharp. Got to be sharp, exactly. And um, I remember being called into the office and um, uh, Mr. Robert sitting me down. He's like, we got to let you go. You're just, you're not progressing. And one year, uh, he never really brought up the whole, um, my whole issue with alcohol, but he kind of was just like, you know, it's like, you don't really have to like live like this. You just, um, because when someone is going through the struggles of addiction, it's just their normal can, uh, their definition of normal can just be so askew. Mm-hmm. And um, they won't even realize it. And um, but like so many people on the outside can see it, but 
um, yeah, that was probably the biggest job I regret losing due to my addiction with alcohol. And um, after that, I worked for Amazon for a little bit. And um, uh, it was February of last year where it was, um, or well, I guess it's important to, um, it's important to uh, tell about the experience with um, uh, S2O is not my first rehab. Um, the first rehab I went to <clears throat> was a uh, recovery center in Oxford, Mississippi. It was a very secular rehab. No, um, wasn't focused around like God or uh, faith. It was very professional, like uh, every class that we went to, we were just being talked to by professionals, by psychiatrists, and um, needless to say, it worked for a good bit. I was sober for about, I want to say, 130 days, but it just crept back in, and it was after that time I got the job with uh, the woodworking company, um, and it was just, it was just such a, it was it was a drag. It was awful. Just thinking back, um, thinking back upon it, um, just the way that it affected my relationship with my family. My family didn't want me coming over. And um, like my parents are sharp. They could tell if I'd been drinking like that day or that uh, the night before. It's just they could tell. And um, it was it, it breaks my heart. Uh, or it didn't break my heart at the time. Um, I was just, man, it's just so crazy how like one doesn't care when mm -hmm. they are so lost in that, that battle. Um, and um, back to this last February, um, I was losing my apartment. Um, I couldn't uh, pay for a two bedroom, uh, one bathroom apartment. And um, I didn't want to live in my car again. That was another thing. It's just, um, I'd lived in my car at one point and it was miserable. And I don't remember how uh, I was able to find myself in apart an apartment. Um, but my roommate, it, he hated it. It was dragging, like once again, it was dragging me down. All my money I made from these really good and stable jobs, it was 90% was probably going towards alcohol. And then I was barely struggling to make ends meet. But then just once he decided to move out and break the lease, he actually made me sign a form saying that he could leave and all the responsibility would be on me. And, um, just the hopelessness that I felt. I can, I can actually even paint you a picture. I just remember like the nights leading up to me going to S2L, like I was alone in an apartment, isolated, um, power was shut off. So uh, no air conditioning, no, no TV, no light. Um, and I remember the night before uh, I was going to go to pack for um, Tennessee for S2L. Um, I was, I, I was living above 
these really, really nice people. I've never met people probably so genuine in my life, but they provided me with a um, a little lantern. They gave me like a little snack and they actually legitimately, they, they literally cooked me a steak dinner. And wow. um, I was just sitting there in the darkness, eating a little steak dinner by a little lantern light. Like if that doesn't just, uh, just spell hopelessness for you. Like that's just, that is not normal. And mm. just thinking back, that was like the, that was just, uh, that's one of the darkest moments of my life. It was darkest just before the dawn. And uh, that next day, uh, my, my parents got me or my dad got me. And then I just spent that, that next day packing for S2L. And um, I went, I came, I went through S2L and it has radically, radically changed my life. And um, this, uh, this coming February, uh, February 8th, I believe I will be, I will have been um, a year sober. And that is a first, the very first of um, many milestones for me. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, it, it makes me like, so, so happy to see, um, just, just in, in you talking about some, the dark places that you were in, um, to, to where, to where you are now. And, and, and the fact that you can, can look back on them clearly and, and, and see, like, oh God, I, I hated that I was, that I was in that place that I didn't care. Um, I, it, it's, it's such an astonishing transformation and it's, um, it's, it's a, it's a real relief to, to see that, that part of my, my friend come back. Um, and I'm trying yeah, I, not to I remember. Get... <laughs> yeah. I remember, um, having a, conversation with you like uh the month month or two I rem- it was the time you asked me to come over to help you put a couch together mm-hmm. and um uh i remember after <laughs> one i remember us having a really difficult time trying to figure out the legs of that couch. <laughs> oh my gosh um, yeah <laughs> and um but afterward um what's really made me cherish you as a friend, like you are one of the very few people I've stayed in touch with, um, going forward. And, um, I just remember that talk we had in the old cul-de-sac in Birmingham is just, um, I mean, to be honest, I, I can't remember if I had, um, I, I don't think I drank that day when you'd asked me to come over, uh, most definitely the night before. Um, and to be completely transparent after I was going to leave and we were going to have that, uh, you, we had that very like hard to that hard to heart talk in your cul-de-sac. I was going to go to a gas station. I knew I could get what I like to drink and I was going to just do what I normally did. Um, but just looking back at that heart to heart moment, it was just, you knew you could see how broken I was on the inside and stuff that I didn't want to acknowledge was just, you could see that. And I can't thank you enough for just being that kind of friend who has 
stuck by me and supported me in any little way you can. Um, just that kind of friendship that, that is a gift from God. Thank you. And I'm glad to have had everything that we've, we've had together. It, it, it's immeasurable what it, what it means to me. Um, well, I was, it, when, before I started tearing up, I was thinking just, I, I, I haven't had a, a guest on the podcast where I've just kind of let them, let them go without feeling, feeling the need to kind of ask for clarification on some things. Um, but just, just hearing kind of you, you take, take us through the, the whole story there. Um, it was, uh, I was just, was on the edge of my seat, just kind of listening and, and taking it all, all in. And I, I really appreciate the level of candor that you had in, in sharing all of that, because I don't, I, I, I feel like this is the age where we, we start to identify that um, if, if there is that, that, that problem with, with a relationship with, with any, any substance, then it like it, it kind of emerges and rears its head around here for, for a lot of people. Um, and you were the first like close friend that, that I had, um, that, that I knew to have, um, that, that, that troubling relationship with alcohol. And I, I, I was wondering what, what I could do to like be there for you. Um, and it was, it was hard to, I don't know. It was, it was a little bit like neutering to the, to the spirit in a sense. Like I was like, Oh man, like, what do I, what do I do? I, I haven't had that. So like, uh, that that's, that's why I'm so, so proud to see in the, the ways that you've grown and the, and the things that you're doing with, with S2L kind of advocating for, for others. Um, tell me, tell me about your role in, in S2L and maybe you can touch on your own experience um, in, in the program, um, as you're, as you're talking about, um, you know, what your responsibilities and, and what you're doing for, for these guys that are in the program. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, this is kind of like the second, the second half, um, just S2L is a very, very special place. Like I could tell the moment I got to their, their campus up in the, up in the hills, it's very up, on a on a hill it's the road is actually literally called hill creek road um but i remember just first off the staff interns everyone there it's like you can just feel uh god's love through these men uh because like everybody all these guys and if you're not really like if you're not christian and you're not really like accustomed to like uh pure christianity you've got guys coming up to you and saying hey man i'm so glad you're here i love you and for me i mean it's like yeah it felt kind of weird but like i knew where these got there i knew these guys i knew where their hearts were i knew they were there to help yes exactly and um i could just tell from the moment i got there that this place especially comparing it to the oxford treatment center in mississippi is just God was present every single step of the way. And that was the ultimate issue is as soon as I went, went away to college, 
I just said, screw church. I'm not going. I'm going to sleep in. I feel like it's time better spent. Um, in my relationship with God, it was just fractured. It was broken right there. And um, it's something that I like to uh, liken it to the prodigal son, uh, the parable of the prodigal son. Uh, and it's just, that's the power that God has. He, he can, he lets us do our little, our little human, human things and go out, go about our human ways, like thinking we, we've got it all figured out. But um, that's the best part is just when we, we've messed up, we stumble and we fall. God's always there for us to return to him. And he was waiting for me with, uh, he was waiting for me with open arms and, um, it was just, I feel, I want to, I keep telling the guys that I um, am around is I don't want, I, I don't like saying that I'm above them just being a staff member. I'm going through it with them like alongside. Um, alongside them. Exactly. And, um, Oh shoot. I lost my thought. <laughs> um, but just, um, I was right there, but it's just, um, Oh man, that train is totally derailed now. <laughs> so you're um, all good. Let's see what we can do to get back on track. So it's a take, take me through what someone who like, it's a, what, what you're doing on a day to day when you are meeting, meeting with, with these guys, they're, they're coming in to, to the cabin or, or wherever you're going to be. Um, what does it look like to be engaging with them, encouraging them stuff like that? Um, so when you first, you got to admit you have a problem. It's got to be a hundred percent your decision and um, your loved ones, they, they can't make that decision for you. And that's the hardest thing about um, admitting you need to go to a rehab, um, especially a faith-based all men um, recovery center like S2L is um once you admit that you need help, they'll bring you in as fast as possible. They'll, um, we've got guys that come in from all over the country. One of our, one of my buddies who's going through uh, phase two, which is the cabin, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't have much longer left. He's from Washington state. Wow. And um, yeah, so we've got guys from all over the country and um, they'll come in um, we'll screen them and whatever their, um, addiction is, they will have to detox off of. And they've got this really nice, small little detox building right next to their main offices, the lodge. And once they've, um, detoxed, they'll be admitted for their first 42 days of treatment, which, um, the lodge is phase one and the cabin is phase two. You can elect to do, a second 42 days um, for a total of 84 days if you do the whole program. Um, so um, what that looks like day to day is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, we'll have gym days. We have, There's a gym not far from where I currently live. Um, we'll go to the gym for two and a half hours. And that's where I discovered I really, really enjoy pickleball. <laughs> nice. Um, so that that was really major in the um, the program, the curriculum that they have. 
Um, but it's just uh, class from like 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. We have devotional every morning. Um, our meals are cooked by interns. And uh, let's see, it's a very structured program and it's just not a lot of free time to like just sit around and get in your head. I mean, of course we have time for like TV and um, just time to hang out. Um, but a lot of that time is um, it's got purpose to it. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so with that, there, like you, you mentioned, it's not a lot of free time. It's very structured. And I imagine that it's helpful for maybe some folks who need kind of a reset on that or d- aren't used to, having that, that kind of structure. Um, so it's just like, we're, we're packing it in. It's like, here's the, here's the queer kind of steps and stuff that we're doing. Cause I was like two and a half hours for the gym. That's kind of, it's a lot, but it was, I think in filling up your day and, you know, like make yeah. having like a very queer yeah. purpose there makes a lot of sense. So yeah, now, I think I'm thinking about it now. It's really more more like an hour forty five because like thinking about the gym slot, it was um it, it was like from one o'clock to three p.m. and uh, it's a it's about a thirty five minute drive to and from the the gym uh, to the lodge. So this, however, that time adds up uh, minus the the commute to and from. That's about how much time they have at the gym, but um. The biggest uh, thing about the structure the program offers is we're going to church. Let's see, Sunday, sometimes Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. You're going to church almost on a perfect week. You're going to church five times a week. Mm-hmm. And um, one of those is our our own personal, it's not um one really called a church service, but it's um, our service that alumni, just families with addiction, you can actually find it on YouTube. It's called um, Catapult. Um, that's just our own personal um, worship service. No one on the outside is allowed to come, um, but anyone can watch it on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that was the biggest thing. And one of the biggest things, um, even as a staff member, getting to do is just getting to go to all these church church services. And um, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Um, just someone who had run away from the church for so, so long, that amount of church, it, it can be very overwhelming and very suffocating to uh, someone who doesn't know God at all. It's just Oh my goodness, what in the world have I gotten myself into? Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was I was lucky enough to go through the program with a great group of guys. Um uh we we would meet outside of class and have like a little Bible study in the classroom. Um we tried to go through the book of Job, which for me that's probably my favorite book of the Bible. Um just because it talks about or it's a book about Job, who went through a really, really, really hard time and was rewarded for his faithfulness in God. Um, but yeah, I was lucky enough to go through with good guys, and um, I work with some of those guys now, and it's it's so so much enjoy. It's so it. I get so excited even talking about it, just because like I can't even 
believe, I can't believe that this is uh, my job. This is what I get to do and get paid for mm-hmm. is just be with these guys and help them and um, just go through it with them. Just be with them as they're trying to overcome something that is so, so difficult to uh, eradicate from, from one's life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I, um, well, one thing that, that kind of, kind of stands out to me is you, you said you're, you're going, going through it like together, like you don't think of yourself as, as above, um, like you're, it's, it's kind of happening to you at the same time. And I imagine that, that that's like a really good design for, for one, like for your sake to like continue uh, allowing you to be in that environment in a new, in a new framework, like you're, you're helping that that's kind of like centering, I would think in your ability to like stay on like your, your journey. Uh, is that, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm sure that that's helpful, but could you maybe tell us about how that that's helpful? Yeah, for sure. Um, and that was, that's another major difference between, uh, S2L and another rehab. I like, I mean, been comparing it to Oxford treatment center at Oxford treatment center. You're not being talked to like, or well, let me just simplify it. At S2L, 90, pretty much like 99% of the staff are people that have battled addiction and have mm. overcome it. Um, there are people who have literally gone through what you're, what one could be going through. And it is nothing like that at a lot of the rehabs, even faith-based rehabs um, don't have that, that caliber of um, quality to like the staff. Um, it's just going to be uh, not as personable. Like I've been, I was thinking about Oxford treatment centers just, yeah, this person is really smart that is leading this class, but do they really know what it's like to just mm-hmm. like, do they really know? And um, like, yeah, they but know the, about the difference the between like yeah. factual and like credible, like it's a, like you, you get, yeah. it. you've, you have been there and you, and you really like understand like what these guys are going through and like, it seems like, like that all the other stuff, like the, the studies and the, you know, like, Hey, here's the psychology of it. Here's, here's the facts on how it affects your health. Like, and so all that stuff is important, but ultimately like someone is probably who's going through this is probably not dealing with this in like a logical sense. Like, Oh, I know, I know that this is like bad for me and bad for my relationships, but uh, you mentioned I don't care. Like I, I didn't care at the, at this time in my life. So there's not that you, level of personability or um, just, it's not easy to relate to someone who hasn't gone through it as it, as it is um, with someone who, who has gone through it. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's huge that how that relationship works. Yeah. I, I love that. It's such a big part of the culture of the people on staff there have all gone through it. It, I don't know. It, it feels like there that helps with the buy-in for, um, for, you know, I don't know what you guests, like the, the people who are the, the people staying like the, I don't want to say patients. That doesn't sound right. Like what? For, um, 
that would be a service recipient. We call them SR. Service recipient. <laughs> That's perfect. Thank you. Um, it's a, it, it feels like there, there would be a greater degree of buy-in from everyone involved because of the, the united sense of like, we're in this together. We've all gone through it, all actively going through it. Um, yeah, that's such a, such a cool thing. Yeah. And the biggest part about it is, um, it's, yes, it's a rehab on the outside. Um, ultimately what S2L is here to do is, um, just mend that relationship with, with God, with Christ. And, um, because I went through the program with a guy who really didn't have any addiction. He was just uh, obsessed with women. And I mean, yeah, that can be an addiction, but it was just, we've got guys there, guys there who have overdosed on fentanyl, heroin, or major alcoholics like I am, or I was. Um, he just really didn't have a problem. He just, He was just there and really focused on his relationship with Christ and man, he, he kind of got annoying a couple of times, but man, I, I, I do miss his, uh, his, uh, just his personality. He was a very friendly individual and, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just the main focus. It's your relationship with God and how God is the one that can set everyone free from any addiction and um, I feel like if I don't say the, the main phrase or the tagline that um, that we say is uh, from the rooms of recovery uh, comes the revival of a nation. Mm-hmm. And it's because we, as like these broken people, when we realize who we are in Christ, we we can bring that change anywhere we believe we can bring it. I love that. And we, we want to bring it to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Everybody needs, needs the love of Christ, especially in this world that we live in. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, so, so how do you, when, when you're, when you're, when you're going into work, what are the the steps that you take to like get in the right headspace to, you know, um, ser- ser- serving, um, serving these guys? Um, that's an interesting question um, because one, it does require a little bit of an authoritative figure um, kind of mindset. Cause like I'm there to just lead them uh, in the right direction. And uh, these guys, these guys um, have, most of them are master manipulators and, they will definitely try to like, uh, for example, last night, um, being snowed in, they've been going kind of stir crazy (laughs) and, um, they were really wanting they, it was ultimately understood as a joke, but it's like, so can we go to like Nashville? Can we go to Broadway? And, um, it was just, I was, I remember sitting there and I was just like, y'all know we can't do that. And it's just, um, it's interesting because, I've had the hardest time trying to view myself as a leader. Like I've had people who's like, Oh, you're a great leader. Like in past jobs, it's like, man, you could really lead this, uh, lead this place. And um, it really helps that um, I have a coworker who I went through the program with. He's with me 
the nights that I work. Um, and if I didn't mention the schedule, <laughs> it's a weird schedule. It's a, you work two shifts and then you're off two shifts. And so my schedule um, is very different. It's not very different. It's, it's different week to week. Like I'll have uh, Mondays off sometimes and I won't have Mondays off. I like to take Mondays off um, or like to t have my Mondays um, because um, my lovely girlfriend, Taylor, that's her half day at her work. Um, I like to spend time with her, but um, yeah, just man, the headspace it's before I got into your podcast, it's just listening to the, listening to good worship music. It's just praising God for every opportunity that he's presented me. Um, and just just trying to stay in tune with what he is trying to tell me what like trying to stay in tune with what he wants me to do mm -hmm. um just stop and be in the moment and just just like direct me god lead me god just show me or help me show these guys the love that you have shown me help me show them the forgiveness that you have shown me just help me just help him help me help them kind of mm -hmm. um um because i don't know it's just it's just where i mean it all goes back to we're all in this together and if i'm not um tuning my relationship with god constantly it's just how can i um tell these guys how to turn tune their relationship with Christ. So it's just a constant, constant, every single day is just listening and praying to what um, God has in store. Not what I have in store, not what Slay James has uh, planned, but what God wants yeah. me to do. And that it's, it's been, it's been tricky, especially leaving the program. It's just trying to figure out what, how to maintain that level of um, obedience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's one thing that I um I, I I've heard the this phrase a bit just having been in like camp ministry before is that like in order to be able to pour into others I need to make sure that my cup is like overflowing so like going back to that source and and stuff like that and it it that's what it sounds like you're you're doing with you know worship music and and kind of doing it constantly and constantly being in prayer and and stuff like that that's it's amazing um what uh what's what's in the future for you with with Man. s2l or outside of s2l do you think that's that's another good question because right now i feel like i'm just doing every right thing and can't really see myself <clears throat> going anywhere else in the um for right now um the main reason why I decided to join the team at S2L is just because um, I've wanted to do numerous jobs, but with my lovely relationship with alcohol, I haven't been able to achieve certain things. Um, especially like one thing I would like to do is go back and finish school. And my major over the years has changed uh, several times. I wanted to be a teacher, um, but Ultimately, if I do go back to school, it'd be for psychology so I could do um, just like some counseling or therapy work. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the main pull of uh, S2L is like I could 
kind of being not like a therapist to them, but just like really. It's a practical experience. Practical experience. Exactly. And if, if God willing, uh, that's in my future, that would definitely be what I would love to do. Yeah. Love, love that. I love that you're, it, it seems kind of equal parts. Like I'm just happy to be where I am and like being present and, and doing this. But you know, if I could see going, going down this way, I, I, I like that a lot. That's awesome. Um, well, I, I've got, I've got one more kind of, kind of section for you here is the, the tradition is the previous guest asks a question to the next guest and we kind of continue that, that chain on. Okay. Uh, um, so yeah, so I've been, we do I've been wondering how, how these uh, later episodes have uh, kind of evolved. Um, uh, yeah, from yes. the earlier episodes. Yeah. So you, you'll, you'll start to, to catch on as you, as you catch up. Um, but the, this question comes from uh, not episode 25, but episode 24 because we're filming this one before episode 25. Um, okay. but it comes totally from, yeah, <laughs> it's a, not, not too much backtracking here, but it comes from Bailey Burrow. And her question is when it comes to toilet paper, you go over or under when you're, when you're sticking it on like the toilet paper roll, like when it, when it's falling off, is it over or is it under? Man, do I totally expose myself right now? <laughs> um, Okay, well, first to answer that question is, um, I don't know. I know, I know it's supposed to go over. I just really like it under. Okay, because that way I can just I can I can take it and not yeah, have as much rip it off. Uh, resistance. But now the um, the uh, the to- oh, man, I'm really going to expose myself. But the toilet handle, uh, toilet paper handle thing, um, it's so weird. It like has a knob so like when i'm like taking toilet paper off it catches and so you got a full roll it's gonna catch and you're gonna rip off like two squares of toilet paper so it's just i'm not gonna deal with this i'm just gonna have it right here behind on the on the on the tank i'm gonna take it i'm just gonna go so you're are you team like neither like no no over or under just like you just want to like like rap pretty, pretty much pretty much i just i hate i hate to deal with that stupid uh toilet paper holder thing it's just and i don't even know how, i can't figure out how to change it yeah. <laughs> love that so it's, it's a so there's your answer is is like in the tech I, you know what it should be is over but really it's going to be neither <laughs> off the record yeah <laughs> I love that. That's, that's awesome. Well, I want to give you the same opportunity now is what, uh, what question would you like to ask whoever comes next, even though I've, sp- I've spoiled it for you, but we'll, um, I guess we won't be spoiling because Tabby will be, will come before and then we'll, and then we'll go back in time. So if you've made it this far, you will have known that Tabby was episode 25, but yeah, you gotcha. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's see. What's a good question? Is there a question that you like to ask at S2L, like just to kind of get the gears going or get to know you questions or stuff like that? No, it's, it's so laid back there. She's like, I walk in and 
everybody's like, oh, hey, what's up, man? It's good. Like, especially if it's uh, the first of my two days on. It's just, oh, it's good to see y'all. I haven't seen y'all since Monday. Um, oh, Let's see. Do you have a good like would you rather question? Because that that's been a that's been a good um okay. one for for us. Would you rather never eat your favorite food ever again, or would you rather never watch TV again? This I don't know. This is very. Yeah. Would you rather never eat your favorite food or would you rather never watch um, TV ever again? Ooh. Do you, what do you, do you have an answer for that? Do you think? I feel, I feel like it, if, if like we're talking never have your favorite food again or like no TV ever, I'm probably, I don't know. I don't feel really good answering one way or the other. I might say, there's there's lots of other really good food out there, so I might say, I'm gonna lose out on my favorite food, maybe. And it's kind of the same way with like uh, TVs, because um, there's so many other ways to like consume entertainment these days. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's a that's a that's a good thing because you could get uh, you audiobooks and magazines or whatever you like ah, that's a good one i like that okay would you would you rather never eat your favorite food again or no tv ever again all right i, I like that one right, we'll, we'll we'll keep that in um all right well slay it's a, any any parting thoughts before we close it out for the episode if you know someone if you love someone uh you know someone's struggling just let them know they're not alone and um encourage them to just seek help um, and ultimately uh, seek what might be missing um, in their life, which most of the time is a good relationship with Christ. Because once you find that relationship with Christ, it's just nothing else. Um, well, one, nothing else can satisfy and two, everything else falls into place. I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't have this nice place that I live at. Um, wouldn't have this job. I wouldn't have this uh, lovely girlfriend that I have. Uh, wouldn't have her uh, goofy little son uh, to play with um, every time I get to see them. And it's just everything, um, everything good comes from God. And just that's the message I want other people uh, to know. And uh, especially those who are struggling and um, if, if you need help, S2L could always, always, um, we'd love to have you have people struggling, uh, at S2L. So the, love that. Well, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing. So I thank you so much for, for being on the podcast. It's, uh, it's always great to have really close, really old friends, um, on it. It, it makes a world of difference to, to be able to share that, that connection that way. That's gonna gonna wrap it up for episode twenty six of when I was your age. Um, it's a it's been a, a real pleasure and a treat to have you guys here for this one, and we'll catch you in the next one. Thanks.